Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. A fine Balls Wednesday to you and yours. Appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to join us again this evening at 7 o'clock on War Chant TV. I hope to see all of you that are in the chat currently in the chat later this evening. And those of you that are not in the chat currently, come on down for the 7 yeah. o'clock. Let's uh, rerun this puppy and have a good conversation together. Let's do that. I those, look forward to it. I love technology because those could be... People driving around Tallahassee That's what people are doing right work now. right now, man. They're delivering stuff. They're doing things. It could be the audio stream player. It could be not live. Maybe an hour, hour and a half from now, they're listening on the pod. And they're like, oh, I could hop on tonight. All y'all are listening at different times. Sustained Beautiful. offense, Tom, this Saturday. Yes or no? Yes. Not explosive, but sustained. And so there might be maybe a red zone issue or two because VT will keep everything in front of him. But I think it'll I be... Think it's going to be good. You'll have more lower-level plays. Six yards here, eight yards there, 12, another four and a six. I think you're going to see I'm that. I'm fine with that. I would we've prefer seen to see the big pl- We've yeah, seen yeah. the big play. We need to see a sustained offense, a discernible plan, things that we have lauded Mike Norvell for in his, in his short time here as head coach. One of the things that emerged was his game planning. One of the things that emerged if, for him as a play caller... You could sense, even when things didn't always work, you got the sense of what he was attempting to do. A lot of times fans mistake the 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 result of a play for whether or not it was a good call or whether or not it was part of a larger plan maybe they don't recognize. And I'm not trying to be condescending. There are plenty of smart football fans out there. But we would admit, all of us, including the smart football fans listening to this, that most fans are dumbasses. So I never really worry about that. My point would be, that uh, when you if you if you knew football, you knew that these were good plans in place. Has he been perfect? God no. Have there been bad days at the office? Oh yes, Jacksonville State's a legendary bad day, kind of day that gets you fired from any other job. It was that kind of a bad day. But big picture, has he put together cogent game plans, made sense to the personnel, and what they were trying to do, and why? They went about that process. So, for example, they knew they were outmanned in certain situations. They played keep away, that kind of stuff. The answer has been an overwhelming yes, a big-time success. And that has been exciting. That has been something that you've, you, you've thought, okay, well, that will only get better as you improve personnel. And the oddity this year, because partly due to injury, partly because of the weirdness of the schedule and that game against Clemson, but and they were really sick against Boston College. It was just kind of a strange game. Oddly, they elevated personnel this year. They continued the trend of getting better players in here, and they have not executed as well or consistently. And yet they're 4-0. This is, again, we, I continue to ring the bell. They're 4-0, and they beat the two teams they had to beat on their schedule to give themselves a chance 
to not only win the conference and play for a conference championship and go to the college football playoff, but perhaps be in a position to win a national title. They did those things, and yet we're sitting here going, man, this this weekend should be a lot better. Yeah, I think this all supposes and assumes that Virginia Tech is going to play back and keep everything in front of them. You could see a scenario where your Virginia Tech's coaching staff, defensively you come up with a game plan that, you know what, I'm, I'm seeing the force for the trees here. They are furious that they cannot establish the run. So you know what? Let's get downhill and load it up on first and second down. All right, then fine. Throw Fru- it over their heads. That's fine. Frustrate the hell out of them because they're gonna. Uh, you know, they might pound their head into a wall. Like you could just see the chess match. You know, of how are we going to attack this? Because if, maybe. if they if they lay back and they let us get into a rhythm in the running game, they're definitely gonna lose. No, you can but, throw it a run though. You can throw it a run. So I think it would last a series. It might be. Oh, that's what we're doing out here today. You got nine in the box. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. Right. Like it might maybe it's a series, but you're saying how stubborn are you, Coach Norvell? I know this is what you want to be. I know that we can get downhill. The best thing that we do is get downhill and, and and try and stop the run. It certainly isn't cover in the back end. No. But let's see if you want to be stubborn about fixing something while I can play right into that by being aggressive and pissing you off to make you only more stubborn, you know? Yeah, I think Virginia Tech's in a real tough bind coming into this game. I, I think they the, the best chance they have is to shorten the game, is to try to bludgeon us with their quarterback. I'd have them run it 25 times. I would run screens off of that, misdirections off of that, play action off of that. I'd roll them out and give them one option to run or throw. It's one target or nothing. And then just hope, like hell, you play keep away long enough that Florida State begins to feel real game pressure. I think Florida State felt real game pressure in that Boston College game, and they froze the hell up on offense. That became a desperate-looking group with wide eyes staring off to the sideline. Mike looked forlorn. And then we carried it right over into the Clemson game with no real discernible offense except for the second quarter. And that's why we sit here today wondering what's next. But I think what's next is a little bit easier to figure out here. I think Florida State's healthier than they were a couple weeks ago. I think, obviously, they've had time to work on the problems that we're documenting now. I think that they can incorporate some other aspects of this personnel that they haven't properly utilized. I'm sure Mike is hell-bent on doing so. I also think defensively they've kind of figured out who they have to be. And I think they got to be very aggressive, not just blitzing, but in terms of man-to-man coverage in the secondary and pressing up on people, I think they can do that with this group. And they ought to be able to stop the quarterback running. This, this guy's not a speedster. So you stop this guy, and you get him behind the chains, and you make him do something he doesn't want to do, which is throw from the pocket, and I think you got a chance to blow this team out. What are you willing to live with defensively? You know, I'll give up a big play. Okay. I'm completely willing to give up a big play if we play aggressive. I've said it since before the first game. This is not new. Speed everybody up. It increases possessions for our offense, which I figured would be better than it's been, and I still figure it's going to be better than it's been. So I'm fine with it. Give the ball back to Jordan. Give the ball back to Keon Coleman. Give the ball back to Johnny Wilson. Give the ball back to Mike Norvell and Alex Hadkins. Give the ball back to Jaheim Bell. Give the ball back to Kyle Morlock. Give the ball back to all these weapons, and let's see if we can get in a rhythm using those guys that are better than your guys. And if that means that I take some chances on defense in order to try to force turnovers or get you well behind the chains and force more three and outs, then that's what I'm willing to do. All the while, I understand that there may occasionally be a fantastical bust in which you don't get home, a guy buys a little too much time, and somebody's streaking wide open. That's not the same defensively as two years ago where one hand didn't know what the other hand was doing and the defense was not coordinated. And that's why I had lengthy discussions about 
I've got two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you because this defense is not coordinated. The defense has very much been coordinated now. They just don't always execute. They have struggled, I think especially, when they lay back. They still can't, and it's something that's going to drive me nuts, and I'll talk about it in the offseason. They still can't properly play zone. And that sucks, and it's bothersome. But you have something you can do about it, and you have personnel that allows you to do something about it, which is stay out of it, not 100% of the time. I'm not saying you're all this or all that, but you can be a little bit more of this and a little bit less that, and I think that's what this defense has to be. I agree. I think that's what you want to give up. Uh, the more plays you have on offense, the better. Uh, you know, The easiest way to lose a game that you should not is if the opposition has the ball for 35 or 36 Correct. Minutes. You know, and now each possession matters yes, that's, greatly. Yes, the best defense that any opponent that's outgunned, and I don't know that there are many left on our schedule that can go toe-to-toe, possession for possession, but the best defense they can play is holding on to the football. And Virginia Tech will do that if they can. I think they'll go for it in fourth and shorts if they can, uh, if they get to that point in the series of the downs because their quarterback is large. But I love this test. This is the perfect follow-up test for Boston College. They're not exactly the same. This quarterback, you're right, is slower. He's stronger. He's, He's a big, tougher. strong dude, yeah. But when you talk about responsibilities, doing your own job and nobody else's job, this is a perfect test. They are so multiple in their formations, Virginia Tech. You'll see guys motion in the backfield, and they'll have three lined up near the quarterback, then two, a jet motion. Uh, they'll have little flare pitch outs, and then mm-hmm. that'll be faked mm-hmm. later in the game with the quarterback keeping it, and there's kind of a triple option look. This is a nightmare when it comes to sorting out whose responsibilities are whose if you're not minding your P's and Q's and you're not locked in. So I love this test. It can show that you've learned from the Boston College issue. It's not about Castellanos and his running ability, but we had a couple of times in third and tens where linebackers are leaving their responsibility. If they stay where they were, they're in the right position to make the play, and that's what they're supposed to do. Instead, They'll vacate, double cover a kid who was never supposed to be double covered, and here is the Red Sea parting for Castellanos to break off a third and ten run that cripples you, and the time of possession now rolls on and rolls on even more. This Virginia Tech offense is multiple enough to trick you with misdirection that if your eyes are somewhere where they shouldn't be, just like Boston College, you're gonna be you're gonna be made to look foolish. Yeah. If it happens, Tom, it's okay to be really angry. It's okay to be really angry on Monday because it didn't confuse Purdue, it didn't confuse Rutgers, and it didn't confuse Marshall. Well, yes, the other problem is their offensive line isn't very good. So I was just going to say, what is is it you say you do here if all of a sudden we can't figure it out, but Purdue, Rutgers, and Marshall did? But here's back to the original question. What are you willing to live with? Because they might call a misdirection play perfectly into the teeth of where a blitz is coming from and somebody's wide open. That's just going to happen. That's the nature of the beast. Willing to do it. Willing to do it. So you cannot be mad about that. But you can be mad about sustained success for an offense that hasn't had it. Right. Save for the game against and, Pitt, and Pitt is terrible. Yeah, the easiest two ways to look at this when you're watching a replay or watching live is a safety, for example, getting downhill and willing to make a decision and trigger and make a play. We've been timid in that area, specifically with one of our safeties. That's got to improve. And the other is when, had you, a rough go. when you get the sense that the linebackers are guessing. you know, And they're, they're just choosing, and yeah, they're saying, yeah. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going this way. And that happened on a couple of third downs in this game against Boston College. This is just, the Clemson game was never going to fix the issues of Boston College. This is your first chance to do so. 
against Virginia Tech. Hopefully they get it done. Uh, really quickly, just so people know, because I understand that if you're only casually observing college football, it sounds weird to hear a host say that Pitt is terrible and say it definitively like it's just disrespectful. And it, This Pitt is not the Pitt that you've seen. Pitt's beaten Wofford. That's it. That's all, everybody. Pitt just got trounced by this Virginia Tech team, 38-21. to Pitt lost to Cincinnati. Uh, Pitt lost to West Virginia. Pitt lost to North Carolina. Pitt lost to Virginia Tech. They've lost four straight games. They really weren't competitive in all those games uh, So at the line of scrimmage, anyhow. So they've had a real hard time protecting their quarterback. Florida State is worlds better than Pitt. Florida State is worlds better than the three teams that have beaten uh, Virginia Tech. At some point, we'll stop making excuses. If they're not executing on either side of the ball, we just got to say it. They're not great. If that happens, if that happens. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to execute this week, and I think we're going to blow Virginia Tech out. Well, the other thing is, okay, I'm talking about the negative of what do you want to live with if you're pressuring. The other thing is you instantly get into the backfield. They're trying to run a gadget, and it gets destroyed. (laughs) And it's second and 18, and they look like a bunch of fools. You get them off the field now because you can play a little bit off, and everything's in front of you. They punt, you score, you do it again. You then this no, is you get that Michigan, avalanche, yeah. Nebraska, like you right. discussed. Oh yeah, you know it's it's fourteen nothing, twenty one nothing. You get the start that you want. Crowds involved, they're done. They're and by the way, you're in. allowed to do that. You're allowed to yeah. do that. You're allowed to get off to a good start on defense. You can begin a game and get some stops. You don't have to wait to the adjustments at halftime every week. You could maybe just start the game and be really good. That'd be cool. It'd be a, a change of an experience for all of us. Hey, baby steps. They got a first <laughs> possession stop against Clemson last week or two uh, weeks ago. That, yeah. Yeah, and then it, and then they did, and then uh, yeah. Hey man, if we say and then about uh, anything, no, you can find. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. All the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com.
we survived it. There you go. Good stuff. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio Warchan TV. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the main talking point today is an awful lot about uh, is this the kickstart? It's, in a weird way, we're restarting our season. You know, in the NFL, you can do it at the quarter mark, the halfway mark, three-quarter mark. You know, you can go through each and start assessing what a defense is, what an offense is, and all that. College football, fewer games. Sense of urgency is greater in college football because, well, at least now that it's only a four-team playoff and you happen to be a team that's capable of making it. And this year, I'd say there's 15 to 18 teams capable of making the four-team playoff. That's nuts to say. I that almost sounds weird coming out of my mouth. 15 teams or so. But um, because you are, if you get right, if you get humming, well, think about how much more exciting this is all going to be. Because I think even those that push back on criticism, people that push back on, hey, we're 4-0, why don't you appreciate a road Clemson win more, etc. They know deep down this team's not playing great. They're happy that they're 4-0 and they want that to be the focus. Look, I got you. I got it. I'm really happy they're 4-0. And it's so much more fun to cover a team right now that is 4-0 and whose margin for error is so much greater that they could play poorly and beat a good team like Clemson on the road, snap a losing streak, find the resiliency and the toughness, the testicular fortitude to reach back and get stops when you have to have it. Those guys make you proud. But they can be so much better, and it's a little bit like parenting. You're kind of watching this thing and massaging this thing and guiding this thing and trying to keep it between the rails. But you're saying to yourself, I'm doing this because I know you come out the other side of this, you're going to be great. I just got to get you there. I got to get you there. Don't stumble along the way before you have that opportunity to be great because you make bad choices. You know, let's figure out how to to get this thing going. And this feels like it's going to start Saturday. I'm... I guess there's a percentage, a small percentage chance that it doesn't, in which case we're having a a different conversation on Monday, one that might involve a lot of frustration Um, and and, and questions, maybe not even frustrations, maybe not even admonishments, just more about questions. Why? Why? What's happened? What's going on? Because what it does, if, for example, this is 16-16 with seven minutes to play, What that does is now open the door for all kinds of noise in the system, as coaches like to talk about, right? They love to bring this up. You know, I thought it was hilarious that we sat there and watched Billy Napier at the beginning of this week, if you watch that press conference, and we'll bring it up on Coach Speak, but he has the gall to wonder why he's being asked tough questions after getting bludgeoned by Kentucky. He doesn't understand how it is that these same questions weren't asked after their big win the week before. Well, hey, pal, you won the week before. Things operated smoothly. You looked like a program moving in the right direction until when? Until you didn't. Until you got blown out by Kentucky. Until you looked like you didn't belong on the field with Kentucky. What do you think that elicits? Questions about why. Yeah, that's right. When things don't get done or the job doesn't get done, people want to know. If you have an A in a class, son, and then you come home with a 52 on your next test, yeah, I'm not asking you the same questions about how great you are with all those A's preceding this 52. I'm asking about the 52. This is how it works. So if Florida State's 16 and 16 with 16 to 16 with seven minutes to play, we're not talking about 4-0. We're talking about why are you struggling mightily with bad teams? 
Who got the 52? Nobody. Oh, okay. I'm just, my point is, though, that that's what kids do. Well, well, you didn't bring this up before. Come on, Billy Napier. What are you, a kid? You know why the hell you're being asked this question. You guys got thumped. It was embarrassing. So I'm hoping that we aren't forced to ask those questions. I don't want to ask those questions. I didn't think we were going to revert back to anything like that, and I still don't. I still don't. I just I throw it out there because I know it is a possibility. It's a possibility. I don't think it's going to be the reality. I think the reality is this by, and I've said it a bunch, could not have come at a better time. They really needed this buy for a lot of reasons. They needed this buy, some of them which are obvious. I think some others are a little less so. This was a good time to have a buy. Lots of time to heal and lots of conversations that needed to be had. Yeah, I'd say, you know, these games, you can arrive at a final score a lot of different ways. Um, you could do it with result heavy, weird stuff fluky stuff that goes your way mm-hmm. and it looks like it's a blowout it never really was it could be a little closer on the scoreboard like a 17 point margin but you feel like you owned the proceedings like there's there's different ways to arrive at a final score so my question is as you're assessing this game on saturday you're going to with your family sitting in the stands are you going to be willing to wait for all four quarters or if they come out slow again and then they go on to to win handily are you are you going to be fixated on the slowness well, of the start. Like how much, how important is how they come out to you, especially considering yeah. they're healthier, but it's off a of bye. You could be a little clunky. That happens all the time off of a bye. Well, what do you mean by slow? So I complained even after the LSU game about aspects of what we did or didn't do. And I said, you know, I think it's interesting and encouraging that we blew LSU out in a game where we did not play well for the entirety of the first half. They gave up 300 yards of offense to LSU in the first half. By no measure is that good. It's not. It's just not. What was good was that they, in spite of that, only gave up 17 points and bowed up down on the goal line. That's a good indicator of of some toughness, and it showcased the ability to get stops in crucial situations you know, especially in in tight areas where we haven't always been good offensively or defensively down in the red zone. So I got excited about that, but I was still critical of the other aspects of it. Then the second half happened, and Florida State gave up a grand total of seven points in the second half. And really, I wouldn't even count that seven points because that seven points came when third stringers were in the game and you'd already blown LSU out in the second half and dominated in every facet of the game in that second half. So we were willing to take a step back, but we didn't totally ignore the inefficiencies and the problems on defense in the first half. Then we saw the the Southern Miss game, which I thought really was a weird game and not a lot you could take from it except for we were still inefficient on first down. And I mentioned that they kind of got away with things because they were so much better than Southern Miss. And now we see Southern Miss's ass. I mean, go, go look at the way – that's the Cheeks team right there. So when you watched us in that game, you're like, man, we're kind of just running around. This is like not a real offense at all. This is just kind of like – Jordan just make that guy miss and run around for a few seconds. Like, this is terrible. It's Johnny Manziel stuff. I, I, I hated it. I didn't like it. But they were so much better. And what are you going to do, complain about 66 points you lay on somebody? And the defense was great that game. And so you're kind of like, all right, well, I'll applaud the defense. Everybody will see the points, and they'll want me to applaud the offense. But the offense was kind of, ugh. And the, we went to third down way too often against Southern Miss. Third and that, long, yeah. that was my complaint, right? All right, and then the BC game. Come on, man. I think everybody at that point is starting to see some problems. And yet, you somehow 
with 20-something yards rushing, somehow you beat Clemson, and that deserves to be praised. But it doesn't erase these concerns that were growing going into the game. So I'm ready to come out from under that and see something emerge that I think is more in line with the talent and coaching that they have. That's all this is. And I think it's completely fair. I know people get upset about it. I don't care. The point is, let's see what they do here in this game. You're coming off a bye. If you're talking about starting slow, is it because you don't possess the ball and it's kind of a, I don't know, Virginia Tech holds the ball for seven minutes, kicks the field goals up 3 nothing. You get it. There's a tip pass. You're behind the chains. You punt. Virginia Tech holds the ball for another six minutes. Now we're midway through the second quarter and it's 3-3 three to three or something. Okay, that's different. If you look convoluted and you know you're lining up illegally and you've got guys again making kind of critical errors in situations, whether it's not getting enough depth, whether it's lining up incorrectly, whether it's a false, whatever it might be, then that's a different kind of conversation, and I'm going to begin to wonder why they can't get right. Yeah. So what I would say, I've got a scenario that's kind of like what you describe. It's specific. But your first possession, it's no score game, you know, whatever. They could go three and out, Virginia Tech or not, doesn't matter. It's a three possession quarter. Your first possession, you see so an explosive run, 18, 20 yards, mm, something along nice. those lines. Yes, yes. Another run for six, you get called for a hold. Another run for seven, you have a drop pass, you punt. Okay, right? I'll but, live with that. But the running game looks to be that yep, first drive. Yep, you know what? We actually ran different. the ball. That yeah, drive. that's very different. Second drive, another couple of good runs. Good pass mixed in there. Somebody's wide open over the middle. Clearly, they were doing some good scouting. But then you fizzle in the red zone and you kick a field goal. So it's third possession. You're now into the second quarter. You've only put three on the board, but the running game has looked a little bit cleaner. Like, are you willing in that moment to say, all right, hold the phone. I'm not furious yet because that's actually a better start than we've gotten. Right. Yeah, no, I am. I think everything, yes, it's not going to solely be based on the score of the game. Now, Depending, it's yeah. about the start. No, yeah. I'm not talking yeah, about yeah. the yeah. Yeah, we're in the midway through the fourth four quarter. Yeah, is a yeah, lot yeah, of time, yeah, but yeah, too many sample size. Yeah, 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 too so, much. I'm over the slow starts, but they they're not all cooked up the same way. Correct. BC had the ball once. You know, I mean, that's not ideal. Yeah, but if we're talking about the complete assessment, there is still a criticism to be had. Why do you only have the ball one time against sure. BC? Come on, Adam. I hear you there. It feels like this week we're much more fixed on on the offensive issues. Than I'm the actually more issues. concerned, and I know half three quarters of this fan base is they're always concerned about Adam Fuller. Fine. There's a larger discussion to have about Adam when the season ends. I don't think it's as bad as this fan base thinks it is. I'm not sure you couldn't do better. There you go. As far as the offense goes, though, this this should be better. There's, there's no real excuse for this. And that, I think, is a byproduct of a lot of things, some of which is health. Some of which is health. And and that, you know, that, you can't blame that on a coach. That That is, if, if a guy's not healthy, and, and a certain thing that he does really well, he's not doing because of that. Well, yeah, that's that's a that's a whole different ball game. You've got a real problem on your hands then now, and and because they haven't been able to fall back and run traditionally without his legs being part of the process, it's now you suddenly are floundering on offense when that's the case. Save for the big play. Yeah, the middle of the field should be open in this game too. Though mm-hmm. I mean, you, know, you can use uh, the passing game as an extension of the run game, and that's a, an old cliche. It's tired, but bubble screens—that's what they are. That's what bubble screens are, and flares and things like that. But. 
I know that everybody it's everybody's favorite term right now. It's what everybody wants on their Christmas list is more slants. I mean, little things like that over the middle, I think, are going to be more apt to be open in this scenario than oh, I agree. a Clemson defense. And maybe that means that, you know, they're talking up Ja'Kai this week and Kentron's getting closer and maybe those guys are in a rotation. Maybe they're not. But I'm know, excited for Kentron. I really hope he gets I mean, this is a guy who's going to contribute this year. I think Destin's been open a little bit more yes, than more than the is, you know yeah, targets in the reception. Well, this, count. this gets back to what I said about the quarterback. But if you want to get this thing rolling, you got to get somebody else rolling too. And I'm not talking just about Jordan's legs. I'm saying a, a third or a fourth wide receiver pass catching target that somebody has to game plan for. Right now, if you're a defensive coordinator, game plan for Florida State, you're looking at the two receivers, the tight ends. And then let's make sure that we're not the first team to give up counter like they were getting it last year. <laughs> like, that's really it. Yeah. yeah. There's not much more to it. How about a defensive coordinator has to come to town next week for Syracuse to say, well, well, they got that Destin, kid, yeah. uh, that Destin Hill kid rolling. They've added some things to it. Army's favorite over Boston College this weekend. Just thought I'd let you know that. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I wonder, you know, the Pac-12, that's one, two, yeah, we got, yeah, we got two or three good ones this week. All right, we're good. Trying to figure out and read the tea leaves when it's going to be that we kind of look up and say, all right, we're down to six, or we're down to eight. There's a lot of scores to be settled by the end of this month. Sometimes you get into November and you're and you're waiting for Michigan and Ohio State to play or, you know, the Iron Bowl or whatever and, and these are the these are the moments. But the Big Twelve has a big question being sorted out at noon on Saturday. Mm. That's good. You got the inside track for either Oklahoma or Texas. Next week, Oregon, Washington. Next week, USC and Notre Dame. I know that Notre Dame already has a loss, but that's a true elimination. Right, right, right. And then the Pac-12 center stage for a couple more before the month is out. North Carolina and Miami next That's week. That's a really fun game. I mean, I you could figure that to be a very high-scoring game, one would think. North Carolina-Miami? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that, that's so we're either going to be at 7.30 for our game or noon, and the opposite game that we're considering, the ACC is considering, the networks are, is North Carolina-Miami. So you would think that they would be the primetime game by default. But if you've got Oregon, Washington, and Notre Dame and USC in the night windows, actually the better ratings might be that you play that game at noon between the Tar Heels and the Hurricanes. So we'll see. That's true. Although I, uh, since surpassing the age of 40, am the opposite of uh, what the kids uh, would like, and that is that I love noon games. Give me every noon game. Give us all noon games, baby. Bring it on home at noon. Let's do it up. <laughs> so it's the probably truest sign besides losing my hair years ago or waking up every day at five like old people do, which I now do. The number one indicator that I'm old is like, no, no, the earlier we can play these games, the better. 
Is there a new joint? Let's, of, kick it, let's kick it off at 11. Is there a new joint in your body that pops randomly that never had before? Oh, that's just, yeah, that's true. That happens anybody that's, well, if you've ever played sports, you're going to have that. And then once you're past the age of 30, you probably have it. I mean, it just happens. I look forward to when my ankle is in the right position that I can pop it. <laughs> it's it's a small joy during them. Like, whoop, whoop, here we go. Here, pop, go pop, 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 pop. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I do, I, do, I do something similar. My hips pop for no reason. All the time. Like, I'm just, like, putting on shoes. Like, oh, man. That feels better. I think my hip just snapped back in. My right hip needs to be popped before we play golf, which has been eons since we've done. But before every round, I got to make sure it goes because it'll get stuck. (laughs) So I got to make sure it pops. So, buddy, there you go. That's what you got to look forward to moving forward is just random popping, aching joints for no reason. It's great. I have moved to the uh, the noons are, are good kicks. I like the three thirties though for the home games for uh, the pregame show. Again, like that yeah that setting that time of day, you're feeling the day begin where it's you know you get a noon kick. We'll be at Hotel Indigo at ten. A little early, a little early. Not everybody's in motion yet. Nothing but wrong with a mimosa, baby. That's correct, but you can feel that first window beginning as we as we do the show at twelve thirty. Like the energy of the day, well, it's a nice crescendo. I think what happens in truth, and it's less about age for me, although it is a factor, I'm sure. I mean, I just have more energy, uh, you know, before eight PM than I than any other time of the day. But I, I would say as a college football fan, as somebody that loves to look at the big picture and talk about where we sit in it, I get really excited about being able to see the other games and at least getting a glimpse of the three thirty games and certainly the seven o'clock in later games you know you don't get that when you're playing in the middle of the day or you're playing the later games because we get to the stadium earlier if it's the later game you're missing the back end of the three o'clock games altogether um you barely can enjoy the noon game because you know you have somewhere to be and then you're watching your game and so you're missing all the other late games so to me like that noon game you're out of there you see all of the 330s you see all of the later games you get more of the college football that you enjoy you do uh in this case with this team being as interesting as they are, I was just, uh, they could have kicked it off at 8.30 like they did week one on the ACC Network, or it could have been at 11 in the morning, and it's right smack dab in the middle of the day. Now, I will say this real quick, sorry. I enjoyed watching a lot of college football last weekend, but I'm ready to watch the Knowles. Oh, you know? I'm like, really I'm, ready. I'm over watching the other college football. I am eager to watch the Knowles. That's why I was so gung-ho coming in today, was that like we're going to get a lot of questions answered, and I think that's the best part about this game. I think we're going to have a lot of answers to the things that have been plaguing us. And, um, and, and you know, I, I suspect that it'll be good. Um, but one way or the other, we're going to know. You know, and, that, and I really would like to get to the bottom of it. Well, the other part is we've had the opportunity with the, the Sunday kick to start the season with LSU, and then there was a noon, two back-to-back noon kicks, and then the bye week. That's a, You're watching a lot of other college football. Yeah. A yeah, lot yeah, of yeah, other yeah. college football. And I've watched pretty much every team I want to see that could be ahead of Florida State or right behind Florida State, and they're all average to above average. Like like you said, this is an open window. Wide open. So now that I know that's the case, I don't care anymore about what they're doing. Just let's take care of our business because the path is clear. Yeah, but just like we're a work in progress, I think many of those teams are too. So one of the things that I've noticed is that some of the teams that I doubted have kind of convinced me otherwise, and some of the teams that I thought were really, really good have also convinced me otherwise. So it's kind of all come back into this bouillabaisse of, oh, I don't know, you know, but but it's but it's they're all works in progress. Again, I remind myself of this when we talk about this team, which is that okay, these are the complaints that I have. These are the th- concerns that I have. These are the whatevers that I – here are the positives that I think. It's only four games. 
They've got eight more regular season games. If yeah. things work out right, another game after that in the ACC championship, and then it's a four-team playoff. They've got a lot of football to play, a ton of football to play. And I remind myself, the teams get better and worse over the course of time. So a team that comes out the gates gung-ho, dominating, can oftentimes by week nine, week ten, look like they're bogged down for whatever reason. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's a, you know teams figure it out and adjust week to week. This is what happens. Other teams that kind of start slowly, especially ones that you had high expectations for, might turn around and get it together, might figure out, hey, look, I think we would all agree Alabama's starting to figure some things out about how they have to win. They're never going to look dynamic on offense. They've kind of figured out what they can and can't do there with that kid. They're going to play great defense. They're going to bludgeon you with the run game. They're going to get him out of the pocket a little bit, and they figured out how they got to win. My suspicion, which is really annoying, is that Alabama's going to be in the conversation, right, at the end. And to, I don't mean about a championship, but I think they're going to they're going to cause yeah, about one pro- of the four spots. Yeah, They're going to yeah. be in the conversation. Yeah. And it, Nick does that. That's, he's a good coach. <laughs> he figures things out. But lots of teams go through this transformation process, and I believe we're beginning one on Saturday that's going to see us uptick, you know, move forward here to a place where we have a shot to, to reach the potential that we all talked about preseason and the good news is because you won those games that were so important on your schedule you're in a position to fix some of these issues and you're doing so at 4-0 not 2-2 you're doing so at 4-0 not 3-1 you know we kind of agreed that if you'd gone 3-1 with those first four games you'd have felt good about it so the fact that they're 4-0 yeah we can write the ship and really we have wiggle room a little bit a little bit yeah, this is um, this is a different season because, like last year when they start four zero and you get the win over LSU and then you have those three games in a row against ranked opponents, you're thinking, well, if you can go two and one in this stretch, like on the eve of our first one against Wake Forest, if you can go two and one in this stretch, you could be in the outside conversation for the playoff. You know, I mean, you'd be going to Charlotte. So you would have control of the division. You'd be going to Charlotte, and who knows? You know, maybe you could make some noise. But then you watch these other teams last year, mm-hmm, Ohio mm-hmm, State, Georgia, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, even if they made it, it's a different class. Yeah, we're not there. And so when we have a noon kick, I'm going to watch that elite tier of college football that we're not a part of because it's almost as though it's a different classification, straight up. And that for, for that reason, I was interested in college football in two ways. Our story... We're trying to ascend here. We touched the fire for a moment, and then we got burned, and it was over. And, okay, now can we build this empire a little bit better for a run in 23? This year, I'm looking for the reason that we shouldn't have hope for the biggest prize, and I can't find it. There's no, there's nothing out there that no. says you can't be the team well, that well, the, goes the, the distance. The part about this that is, uh, I think, so interesting is that everybody's got a kryptonite out there, but it's in the form of different yes. matchups, and you may not ever play that matchup. You may not have to face that team. This could be one of those years where, like, uh, I think we all know how it would have gone had we played so and so, but we didn't, so screw them, you know. And then other times you can see like they know they wanted no part of this. They got lucky because if they had played us this year with this matchup, like in truth. We, and it may turn out to be everybody is, but honestly, for the first game of the year, it was a bad matchup for LSU. That's not a good matchup for them. Your your weakness are your corners, and you got this receiving core to go worry about? 
it was a bad matchup, always was, wrong team favorite, et cetera, right? Whereas they play the Alabama offense. Right, that's yeah, a different yeah, deal. Yeah. They might have a shot there, so that's that's a little bit different. Uh, we gotta do, Well, I'd, we go to break real quick, come back, and we'll do probables, and it's just a short amount of probables here, uh, but it is playoff probables, which is a little bit different feeling, right? A sense of urgency. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about uh, I want to thank our friends over at Power Mill Sports. Appreciate you guys. An outstanding sponsor all baseball season long for the Probables. Power Mill Training Academy powering performance, and uh, they will help equip your young athletes focused on baseball and softball with the specific tools to reach their true potential. Tons of experience. They got 27 alumni in the majors working on more. Your kid could be next, hey? PowerMillSports.com. Cue it up. It's time for. How you say? With the pitching, uh, probables? Well, see if the Rays can survive in the first round. Good Lord, they've made a habit out of looking really bad in opening round series. And they're fighting to survive here in about mm, six minutes or so. Nathan Avaldi, former Ray, goes for the Rangers. Zach Eflin going for the Rays. Blue Jays twins at 438. Jose Barrios, Sonny Gray. Now, that was a cool playoff atmosphere yesterday. Whoa, man. Royce Lewis sent that place into a frenzy. Once that ball was out of the yard, you're like, how are the Blue Jays going to win? Yeah, uh, that was kind of cool. My wife held my hand in the ninth, but they had to run out. Just please, can you hold my hand? Can we end an 18 game losing streak in the postseason, please? It's because of those uniforms. Those are sick. They're beautiful. They should never wear anything else. D backs, Brewers, Zach Gallen, Freddie Peralta, and we got the Marlins and the Phillies. Phillies looking to close it out. Tell the Marlins, thanks for playing, everybody. Braxton Garrett, Aaron Nola, and that is a look at those that shall reside out of the bump. got an MLB future question mm, for you. Okay. All right. Over under for wins for Pittsburgh next year. What Over Oh, the Pirates? Mhm. So we we cruise it's past a, it's the It's a two-part future, so yeah. Oh yeah, we cruise past the over this year. Wasn't even much of a contest. All right. Uh 75. 75. On the number, no hook. We're going 75. 75. Okay. Second part. Is that number greater than or less than the amount of Zaxby's we have locally here in Tallahassee? It's fewer than. It's fewer than. Yeah, fewer than. Mm-hmm. There are 84 Zaxby's. So if people didn't know, 84. 84. It's crazy. And I'm told, as a special treat, as a Zaxby's ambassador, you and I are going to get free... Zaxby's Chicken Phillies on Friday, as delivered by the proud Golden Chief himself, a booster for over 18 years and proprietor of said 84 Zaxby's here in Tallahassee. We got to find out when the 19th anniversary is so that we can uh, upgrade that. Immediately go then, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there's also going to be uh, plenty for, for uh, you know, in case you want seconds. And maybe if director is celebrating a DS birth for the Phillies, that's, that's apropos. Yeah. You get the Chicken Philly. I like it. Uh, so it is. And uh, go enjoy one of your neighborhood Zaxby's. They're everywhere. They're everywhere you look. 
with 84 in Tallahassee, it's not that big of a community. That must be one on every corner, Tom. Should be good. I did have a little moment to reminisce and think back. I love day playoff baseball games. Love them. I freaking love them. Reminds me of my childhood. They actually used to play day World Series games, but uh, that's the thing of the. It just you get an uh, adrenaline rush around two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that's not typical for sports. I left here, got home, was like, oh, how about this? How about this little day baseball? Even the towels, man. Well, not in Tampa, not in St. Pete. There's like seven people there, but in Minnesota they were. In places that bother to show up for their baseball team that wins 90-plus yeah. games, they were. Lead-off single for the Rays, and all you hear is, That's it, baby! Echoing throughout the building. That's my diaper <laughs> No. <laughs> they must have shown him like 18 times. Like, oh, come on. It's a weird spot to sit, though. Right mm-hmm. outside the visitor's dugout? Well, he's heckling. <laughs> He is ruthless. You've known him to be a, a very uh, negative person, a, pa- a passionate fan. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a nice guy. Had a uh, couple conversations with old Diggy V. Very nice guy. And even though the shtick got old, it was like, man, that's genuine. He loves the hell out of college basketball. Actually, it's uncomfortable how much he likes college basketball because the sport itself's not good. It's also just rotten to the core. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you're going to go to the mattresses for a guy like Patino. Like, what are yeah, we doing? Yeah, come on, man. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, it's been weird. That sport's been weird. It used to be incredible. Then it went through a hole. Then it was incredible again. Then it's through another hole. That would be like Lee Corso taking a blood oath for Urban Meyer. You know, yeah, it's just kind of strange. Well, I know who Urban is. Like, could you imagine Corso saying that? That's crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be recommended. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, by the way, when you flip over there to the other show there, the noon thing, there's like no effort. My man has just called it a day. Doesn't have any idea what he's talking about. He just sits there and pouts. He's just thinking about fondling women. He is not doing his work. That's all he's doing. No, no, taking pictures. Just <laughs> there with my grandkids. So eating dinner was interrupted, in fact. Yo, if you must I like the, when he's indignant, that's a good one. That's my favorite part. He, he flip it. I was sitting with just, my family. Yeah. <laughs> take a picture. Doesn't look like it. I don't see him here. I don't see your family anywhere in this picture. Is that how we, is that we, how we hold <laughs> our family, <laughs> Urban? That's what we do here. Uh, all right. Good work out of you. Good work, director. Be well, everybody. Don't forget, 7 o'clock tonight, the interactive gets going. Me and Tom on War Chant TV, brought to you by the Battles Inn. We look forward to talking to you then. Be well, everybody. Talk to you in a few hours.